You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter. He's David Drogemeyer. It's Locked On Steelers, Locked On Chargers, meeting up for another epic Thursday, getting you ready for, what, week 11 is it already? Jeez, the NFL is moving fast. David, how you doing, my man? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to get here and talk about this game. I mean, we were talking before we started recording. Whenever the Chargers and the Steelers get together and play a game, it's always, number one, very physical, um, but it's always just a crazy game. You just You do not know what is going to happen, and obviously there's some added elements to this specific matchup, but um, I know it's going to be a really, really good football game on Sunday Night Football. It absolutely is. You know, it's going to be exciting. Uh, Both teams have a lot of promise to them. You know, the Chargers have a young quarterback. Um, They have, you know, the Steelers. They've got their defense, even though they're banged up. But let's talk about the the big topic going into this game before we start asking each other questions. And right now, it's just, David, I mean, both teams are getting just bad news after bad news when it comes to COVID-19. Last week, the Steelers lost Ben Roethlisberger the night before their game against the Lions when they tied them. Um, and that was a tough, tough adjustment for them. And that, and then Monday Monday morning, they find out Minka Fitzpatrick, their first-team All-Pro safety for the last two years, he has COVID, or he's on the COVID list, and they're unsure. Mike Tomlin said he's not sure if he'll be able to recover in time to get back for um you know for, for this game. And then on the Chargers side, Jeremy Tiller, uh, Christian Covington, and Joey Bosa are all on the list. This is a disaster for both teams right now. Yeah, it's it's absolutely terrible, and and I mean, obviously in the NFL, it's always next man up, right? I mean, I mean, it sucks when you have guys of this caliber that are going to be missing, and it's Jerry Tillery is the one that's tested positive for COVID. Uh, he is vaccinated, so there is a possibility that he could still get to this game on Sunday night. Joey Bosa is was uh, considered a contact trace or a close contact. Um, he's going to be out and. He also has an opportunity to play. He has tested negative so far, uh, and the earliest that he can be activated is Saturday. Um, So, I mean, Joey Bosa is a veteran. He's been in the league now for a few years. So uh, if he he does get cleared on Saturday, I do expect him to play no no matter uh, if he does miss practice or not. But either way, I mean, missing valuable practice time when you're in the middle of a playoff push, both of these teams are, um, there's never a good time to get hit with these type of, of issues, but especially not right now. No, especially not right now. And like you said, this is you know this is playoff hunt time. This is week eleven. You know teams are starting to to separate, but really in the AFC, teams aren't separating themselves. They're all kind of just <laughs> huddling around each other. You know, it, yeah. You, you look at the AFC conference right now. Um, your playoff teams right now. If the playoffs were to start this very moment. Titans at the one seed at eight and two, but then you got two six and three teams with Buffalo and the Ravens at the two and three seeds. Then the Chiefs at six and four at the four seed. The Steelers is the first uh, wild card team at uh, the five seed at five three and one. The Patriots at six and four. The Chargers at five and four. Now, granted, some of these are just because you know tiebreakers and then you know random and like some people have played more games than others. But you know, but then right after the five and four Chargers, the five and four Raiders, the five and four Bengals, the five and five Colts, the five and five Browns. The five and five Broncos. That's 12 teams that are within reach of they could all be in the playoff hunt by next week. 
it's insane right now what's going on in the AFC. So, you know, we're all talking about like, oh, yeah, you know, they, they've got more time to cooperate. These All these games count right now. All these games are very important, especially when you're playing a conference opponent that's going to, you know, when you're starting to stack up wins, like, you know, both the Chargers and the Steelers, they're not leading their divisions right now. And, you know, it, when it comes down to who makes the playoffs, it could come down to did you beat this team back in November when you played them? And that might get you the tiebreaker to either get you a little bit higher up in seating. So you're playing maybe the Ravens or the Chiefs instead of the Bills or the Titans, or maybe it saves you from getting bumped out the playoffs altogether. But these games are important and COVID and injuries both playing a substantial role in these games. Yeah, no question about it. I think first and foremost, you want to take care of your your in-division matchups. I mean, because I've always said that those games are worth two, but then you go to the conference matchups. So this game is very, very important, like you said, in, in the seeding of where these two teams could be at at the end of the year. And I mean, the Steelers dealing with some major, major injuries with TJ Watt uh, potentially not not playing in this game. That's definitely someone I am curious about. Um, he's an all-world player. That guy is incredible to watch. Uh, I mean, anything you ask him to do, he is capable of doing. And and for the Chargers, after starting hot uh, and and really you know getting off to a great start, they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit. And it, it's been tough to watch. And whenever you have injuries, uh, especially on the defensive line with a unit that is giving up pretty much the most rushing yards in the league, uh, you don't need injuries to that unit. It's just anywhere else, please. Like, Pick something else to ravage, not the defensive line, because they're already not playing well, and then you're taking your starters out. I mean, that that's going to be an ugly movie with some backups. But like I said before, next man up. And, but, and here's the thing. At the bottom, at the end of the day, next man up and you know in in pittsburgh they say the standard is the standard because that's what mike tomlin always says but the reality yeah. is those are just sayings those are just things oh, yeah. we say to for, uh, you know as people covering the game or people who want to be fans of the game that, that, are, that are like oh yeah the, you know, the next guy should be able to do it at some point there's a reason a guy is a backup and not a starter 100 percent and like you know this is and one thing i think that a lot of fans don't want to admit or don't think think to admit but Oftentimes, the teams that win the Super Bowls are the ones least impacted by injuries. Are the teams that you know football is a war of attrition? Were you able Absolutely. to keep your best players in the biggest moments? You know, I can say the Steelers over the past several years, when they've made the playoffs, when they had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, there was never a year where all the stars in their team were all healthy. Either Le'Veon was hurt, or Antonio was hurt, or Pouncey was hurt, or Shazier was hurt, or Ben was hurt. There was always something in the way there so that they couldn't be the full unit. Whereas last year you had the Buccaneers, they had their stars ready to go. And in fact, they got a bye week that kind of got everyone together late. And that's where they started their undefeated streak. But injuries, COVID, all of that plays into an important role into how the NFL gets shaped. And I, I just think it's, it's highly overlooked at this part of the season. Well, and the quality of depth, I think it comes into question there. And especially when uh, with a Chargers team here that has a first-time head coach with a completely new defensive system, a completely new offensive system, and a lot of new additions, Rome was not built in a day. The, the Chargers are not where they want to be. You know, they still need to add to the depth. They know, we knew coming into the season that the Chargers had a lot of top-end talent. That, that, I think, is unquestionable. But the depth was always a huge concern because – like you said, in the NFL, injuries are a walk. It, it's, it's, it's just nature. It's yep. nature in this game. You're going to deal with it, so you have to be able to manage that, and it is incredibly difficult. And like you said, 
The starters are out there making big bucks because those are the guys you trust to go in there and get the job done 90% of the time. And that's going to be tested in this game. Really, really tested. Absolutely. Both sides are going to be tested on on that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for me to ask David some questions on the Chargers just to just to sort out what some deals are. Before we do that, we got to tell you about Get Upside. Hey, Steelers, Chargers fans, this is Chris Carter with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free GetUpside app on the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 per per gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the free app for, for uh, and get and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. Keeping it rolling here on Crossover Thursday, Locked On Steelers meets Locked On Chargers. I'm Chris Carter. He's David Jogemeyer. We are breaking it down for you. We thank you for making both Locked On Steelers and Locked On Chargers your first listen of the day every day. You can find both of our podcasts free and available on all platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and, of course, YouTube. You find this video on YouTube either side, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, get the channel to your favorite team. You got to get it. It's so amazing. Now. I'm going to ask David some questions. Now, David, you talked about that hot start. You talked about how the Chargers, Justin Herbert, going into the season, even before the season started, he was the man. Everyone wanted everyone wanted him. Everyone wanted to talk about him. Now the Chargers have cooled off. What has led to the Chargers' stunted growth? Because, I mean, for me, I mean, it, they weren't even dark horses anymore. They were just flat-out favorites that this was team was going to be a problem this year. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers offense, I think, was the reason in the beginning of this season why they had so much success. I mean, they were in sync and they were also uber aggressive. They took on the personality of their head coach and Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, one of the most aggressive coaches in the league on fourth down. And I think that's been a major difference this year um, in the Chargers performances in those one score games. And they're not getting in any less of them. They're still in a lot of one score games but they're coming out on top of more of those one-score games because they're taking those chances and they're not trying to give the ball back to the opposing team and let them score like they did against the Kansas City Chiefs last year in the first game in overtime where they punted the ball back to the Chiefs. And, of course, what do they do? They go down the field and, and they score and they win the game. That has not happened as much this year because Brandon Staley is a true believer in the analytics and the analytics tell him on fourth and short situations The best option is to get the ball in your best player's hand and let him go out there and extend the drive and keep the the offense on the field. And that's what Justin Herbert has done. Now, lately, I think what has given Justin Herbert and this offense a lot of trouble is they have dealt with those disguises and and not very well. And I think that's been the big issue is the defenses have figured out that if you kind of change that sight picture after the snap, you know, you might show one thing, you might show pressure and then you might go back in coverage or vice versa. And you make Justin Herbert have to make those really quick decisions 
on who to throw the ball to and where to get the ball out to, he's had a little bit of trouble with that. And the one thing I got to continue to remind people is that, yes, Justin Herbert had a historic rookie season, one of the best we've ever seen from a quarterback in NFL history, but he is still a second year player and he is still learning. He is very intelligent, very gifted, but he's going to go through his lumps. He's going to have his issues and make his mistakes. But the true mark of an NFL player is if you can make those mistakes and learn from them and get better. And I do believe Justin Herbert has the capacity to do that. He certainly does. I I, I think he has all the tools that you need to be a, a, a prototypical star quarterback in the uh, in, in the NFL. I want to ask about this offensive line because protecting Justin Herbert is going to be key, but also blocking for Austin Eckler is going to be key. Now, everyone knows Rashawn Slater is a an animal. He just he blocks everything in his path. He just destroys people. There's no question about that guy. Steelers also know about Matt Filer, how he, you know he's he's currently at playing very guard. well. Yeah, he could he could play guard, tackle, wherever you tell him to play, he gonna play. And that's why the Chargers paid him. But you got Corey Lindsley, Michael Schofield, Storm Norton. How has this offensive line gelled together? Are they playing at a high level? And what should the Steelers expect coming into this game, considering the Steelers themselves have one of the better defensive fronts in the NFL? Yeah, no question about it. I think you look at this Chargers offensive line, you start on the left side, and that's the strength of this team. Rashawn Slater was an absolute home run pick. It is not very it doesn't happen very often when you get to marry your team's number one need with arguably the best player available at that position. Yeah, and the Chargers right. got that back to back. They got mm-hmm. Rashawn Slater in the first round, and they got Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. And those were the Chargers indis- undisputable top two needs, and they were able to hit on both of them. Rashawn Slater is an animal. I mean, it doesn't matter what you ask him to do. If you want him to erase the number one pass rusher on the other side, he can de- he can do that. If you want him to maul people in the running game, he can do that. Matt Filer, incredible run blocker. This guy is nasty. You know that. He brings that, that lunch pail attitude. He wants to run you over. He wants to dominate you. And that's kind of been missing from the Chargers offensive line. I think a guy who can bring that nastiness and and just bring that physicality that you really need to play the offensive line at a high level. That is what Matt Filer does. And Corey Lindsley, I think one of the biggest underrated signings of the offseason. They made him one of the highest paid centers in the league because he's one of the best centers in the league. He got to work with Aaron Rodgers for many, many years in Green Bay. Um, and I think it helps because it takes some of that pressure off of Justin Herbert, takes some of those protection calls away, allows him to kind of command that and let Justin kind of, uh, you know, look at the defense and decide what the best play is. Now we go to the right side of the offensive line, and that's where the weaknesses start to come into play. Michael, Michael Schofield is a decent guard in this league. He's nothing more than that. He's never going to be a guy who's going to shine or, you know, have an overwhelmingly great performance. He's going to get his job done. He is a quality NFL veteran. That's what you're going to get from him. Now, the right tackle position, that's where the biggest opportunities for the Steelers will come in as far as getting pressure after the quarterback. Storm Norton is very up and down. He's an XFL player, uh, a former undrafted player. He's played a lot better recently, but he has his moments. He he has a little bit of of a difficult time dealing with speed rushers, uh, and they really need to get a put a good quality plan together to help him out and chip and use the tight ends, use the running backs on his side because he wasn't the starter going into the season. It was Brian Belaga, but Brian Mm -hmm. Belaga has dealt with injuries pretty much since the chargers brought him in. So 
Storm Norton has to, had to step in, and it's kind of been Jekyll and Hyde as far as who's going to show up and what version you're going to get on Sundays. That's the yeah, Jekyll and Hyde that Steelers fans can relate to that because they've had some of that on their defensive line. But I wanted to ask you about the secondary because we, you know you, you mentioned in the first segment uh, the the Chargers have you know arguably the worst run rushing defense in the NFL. Tillery's gone, Bosa's you know well Tillery could be back. You know Bosa, him you know that, that those are there's questions on that defensive line as far as availability. But that yeah. secondary has some very interesting names. We all know Derwin James, one of the you know star star safety who just needs to stay healthy so that he can show everyone the kind of playmaker. He is Nazir Adderley, another really athletic safety who's who's filling Asante Samuel Jr., a guy that a lot of Steelers fans were talking about getting in this past draft and that they were excited to see. But now you got all these guys playing together. How is this pass defense coming together right now? Are they an extremely reliable unit? Are they still kind of figuring out how to play together? Well, I mean, they've dealt with some injuries, too, to to the cornerback position. I mean, Michael Davis is your number one corner, and he's been out um, several games this season. He's the guy who has that prototypical size and speed that you, you, you'd you love to get in a corner. He's, you know, 6'2", 6'3", runs a 4'3", four, four, 40. Uh, I mean, he can run with pretty much anyone on the football field. But the best ability is availability, and if you're not on the football field, then you can't help the team. And they've had to get contributions from Tavon Campbell, who got absolutely torched against the Vikings, was not a pretty sight. So thank God Michael Davis is working himself back into practice this week because the Chargers desperately need him. The pass defense um, is a lot better than the run defense. They're closer to, I think, 10 or 11. Uh, they're giving up around 220 passing yards per game. Um, they're also very, very good on third and long situations. Obviously, the Vikings game withstanding, they did not perform very well um, in that game. But throughout the season, if the Chargers defense is able to get their opponent in third and long situations, a lot of the times they're able to capitalize those situations and get off the football field. The problem is, as teams have been running it down their throat and keep staying on the field, and that's been a huge problem because when they're running the ball effectively, they're staying ahead of the sticks, staying in those short down and distance situations. And as you know, it's a lot more difficult to get off the field on a third and three than a third and eight because your pass rushers just can't get started. They can't get after the quarterback because you have to really game plan for the run and the pass in those situations. But they're a lot more talented. Uh, they just need to get healthy and stay healthy. If they're on the field, they are very, a uh, very good quality secondary um, for the Chargers. They certainly look like it on tape and on paper. So I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued to see how they do the rest of the way. We're gonna have David ask me some questions in the next segment here on Crossover Thursday. But first, I gotta tell you all about Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. They have got a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Just head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked on. All capital letters, all one word, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take in all take the advantage of all the action and all the amazing offers all at Bet Online in the 2021 season. Because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports at Bet Online where the game starts. Thank you. 
And we are back here on Crossover Thursday. David Drogemeyer of Locked On Chargers joined with the incomparable Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. The dude is everywhere. He works extremely hard. And I'm excited to get into the Steelers team. I got some questions, and I'm going to get right into it. First question for me here is, wide receiver Deontay Johnson is getting a boatload of targets, 82 targets to be specific, which is 26 more targets than any other player on the Steelers offense. Why do you think he is such an inviting option to those Steelers quarterbacks? I mean, he's, it's, his, it's his route running. It's his separation. One thing that De- Deontay Johnson has always been able to do, even in his days in Toledo, when he gets into his breaks, he's so tough to stop. He is so good in and out, and he's so tough to keep up with. He's extremely quick. His footwork is, is, is more than impressive. He's always done that. But this year especially, before – you saw it last year. He led the NFL with 14 drops. This year, he has one drop all season. I saw him all through training camp at Heinz Field throughout this summer. He was the first player out there, and he'd be catching passes, whether it was over the shoulder, whether it was right to his face, whether it was to the side. And then after the end of each practice, he would be the last person out there catching over the shoulder, in his face, off to the side, doing all different things. That's what's made him extra special for the, for this Steelers offense. It's you know, and they're limited at quarterback. They know that they know that they are. Ben Roethlisberger is not in his prime anymore. Mason Rudolph is clearly a career backup, but they still trust Deontay Johnson, even though he fumbled in overtime last week. They still trust him as a major playmaker, and they see big things for this guy's future. Hey, another guy on this side of the ball who made his living in the NFL as being one of the best route runners in the NFL. Of course, I'm talking about Keenan Allen. So the Steelers have scored less than 17 points in five of their nine games that they played this season. What has been the biggest frustration with this offense this year? Just a lack of continuity, lack of anything to to lean on and say, hey, you're good at this. You know, and, and that's what that's what you've had for the Steelers offense since like 2010. Whether it was, hey, Le'Veon Bell's in and you got the, one of the best offensive lines in football, push him over. Or you had Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. Just throw it up. He's going to get it somehow, some way. You know, they've they've always had some, even last year without Bell or Brown. You know, you saw early in the season, Ben Roethlisberger was able to hit Juju, was able to hit Claypool, was able to hit Johnson. They Every every week, they had a new leading receiver, and it was that continuity. But that fizzled out throughout the season, and Ben has not been able to recapture the chemistry that he had back then just with the way that he was processing the field. That's been the biggest frustration. Now, granted, there's, there's a lot of new pieces here. Most of the Steelers' offensive line is gone. Marquise Pouncey retired. David DeCastro virtually retired. Alejandro Villanueva went to the Ravens. Should have retired. Um, you know, they, yeah, 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 there's a lot of questions there, too. Uh, but yeah. this is a whole new offensive line. Chakuma, Corfor, and Zach Banner are the only holdovers, but Zach Banner hasn't even started this year. He's coming back from a, from a really rough injury. Chakuma, Corfor, a fourth-year offensive tackle who's had some really good showings. He's shut down the likes of J.J. Watt and Vaughn Miller and other big big names. Uh, but, you know, he's also he's also had some games where he's been rocky. But then you have Trey Turner, former Charger, come, coming in, and he, he's filled in more of as a leader, though he hasn't been the more consist- one of the more consistent guys. Kendra Green, third round draft pick rookie at center uh he has had some really good moments he's extremely athletic but he's still not strong in the hole if you get his hand your hands up on him you're gonna push him backwards uh kevin dotson who will be out for this game uh with 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 a high ankle sprain uh you know he's uh he's he's been a guy that's been really good but they won't have him so they'll be calling on whether it's jc hosnow or bj finney and then finally you got other rookie dan moore jr at left tackle that's a lot of question marks in the offensive line, and that's led to inconsistencies. But 
Uh, the Steelers do love Najee Harris. They do love Pat Fryermuth. I think their biggest problems is that when they struggle, it's because they're not leaning on those two guys. They drafted them high for a reason. Use them more. That's the key to their that's, that's the key to their success on offense. You saw that um, you know a couple of weeks ago when they were able to get a W against the Bears and the, and the Browns. Pat Fryermuth coming up with big scores. Najee Harris pushing the pile at the right moments. Um, and then you see Deontay Johnson getting open. Use your stars. Lean on them. I don't think the Steelers do that enough because they're trying to be uh, they're trying to be unconventional with how they beat you, and they're trying to make it so that you can't predict where they're going because they don't trust their offensive line to hold up all year. So lots of different reasons why they haven't been able to put up a lot of points. Yeah, um, you know, obviously in this game, we don't really know who's going to play quarterback for the Steelers uh, on Sunday because of the uncertainty with Ben and, and COVID and all that. Do you think that the game plan changes a, a, a lot or how much do you think it changes depending on if it's Ben out there or if it's Mason Rudolph? Well, what's crazy is we asked Mike Tomlin that, and he's like, no, the game plan didn't change last week, and I don't see it changing much much this week. Now, granted, they're changing some things, but they're going to be more minute. Mason Rudolph is not a quarterback that offers you a whole lot more than Ben Roethlisberger does at this point in his career. You know, he's more of a, a, a quick read understand you know, he sees what he sees pre-snap and he sticks with that and it's hard for him to rotate off of that you know if if it's taken if it's taken away that's where if i'm the chargers i'm throwing as many disguised coverages in there and see if i can catch mason rudolph napping that's one of my biggest advantages if i if i'm los angeles right now um but when it comes to this when it comes to the quarterback situation ben roethlisberger and despite he hasn't looked his prime but one thing has been consistent in the Steelers' wins. He's been efficient. And he's thrown a touchdown in every single game that he's played this year. And in all five of the Steelers' wins, he's thrown zero interceptions. That's been the ticket. Don't turn the ball over. You protect the ball with this defense and his ability to kind of just win situationally. That's been enough. And they've beaten teams like the Bills, teams like the Broncos, teams like the Browns, all three of those teams in playoff contention that, like, like we were just talking about a couple segments ago. That's where I see the being the biggest advantage to the Steelers' offensives. If Ben's back, he'll be more efficient. If Mason Rudolph's back, the you're gonna you're gonna have chance times where he's gonna kind of mess up the flow. And I think the Steelers are gonna have to draw up some more shot plays for him instead of trying to have him dink and dunk his way around the field. One guy you talked about earlier is the really really talented rookie Najee Harris. I mean, and he's been you know a big focal point. You said you want to get him more involved. I mean, this guy has been involved a lot. 176 carries, 646 yards, 3.7 yard per carry average, um, but four touchdowns and also 44 receptions on 52 targets, 317 receiving yards and two touchdowns there. That's 963 all-purpose yards. So. He is definitely contributing. What has kind of been your assessment of the rookie so far this season? Najee Harris is phenomenal. You know, people look at his yards per carry and they're like, oh man, he's not doing anything. Like, man, if you saw what the Steelers offensive line was going through, especially at the start of this year, you'd understand. Yeah. You know, Kendrick Green is right. more of a mobile guy and he's a converted guard to center. He's not even a, a traditional center from his college days. The, the offensive line has struggled, but even with them struggling, he's out here making ridiculous plays. He's also a, a commanding receiver. You get the ball in his area, he's going to make plays a play with the ball in his hands. He leads all rookies in in, in, in total yards from scrimmage, and there's a reason for that. And he, t- he can take that volume because he's built for it. You know, so part of it is this is an offense that's reestablishing its identity on offense on the offensive line. This is an offense that's trying to figure out who they should even be this year. So, yeah, he doesn't have a high yards per carry average, but he is he's one of the, the best forced uh, t- uh, missed tackle creators in the NFL per PFF. I believe right now he has the fourth most 
forced missed tackles in the NFL. And it's just he does it at all levels. He'll run you over. He'll stiff arm you. He'll juke you out your socks. He'll spin you out your socks. It's what he does. Uh, but he's a phenomenal player, and he's a heck of a personality, too. If you ever get a chance to talk to Najee Harris, yeah, he just he just beams with just brightness and hilarity and gen and just genuine. He's just, he's, he's really cool. If you ever see me talking to him on Twitter on my Twitter handle at Carter critiques, you'll see like, you know, sometimes he'll like, we had a couple interactions where he'll just like, let you know, like, wow, I didn't know that. And he'll like, kind of like, you know, take a step back for a second. So Najee Harris, everything the Steelers could have asked for and more. They just need a quarterback. That's going to stretch the middle part of the field a little bit better. And they need the offensive line to, to come together soon. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get you out of here on this one here. Right now, it looks like TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick could very well miss this game on Sunday night. So what defenders do you think will be able to step up if those guys can't go? Well, first and foremost, I look at um, one, one thing I think TJ Watt, do not sleep on the idea that he might play in this game. Because Mike Tom, whenever he says, oh, I'm leaving the light on for T.J. Watt, that means they feel good about him. Because uh, And T.J. Watt was out before practice started doing some doing some light drills, looked com- comfortable doing those light drills. Um, and Mike Tomlin made it clear because, you know, at the beginning of the season, T.J. Watt well, wasn't having a holdout, was more of having a hold in. He wasn't playing. He wasn't practicing or playing in the preseason until he signed his, his major contract. But he was around the team 24-7. It was a very peculiar situation. But when asked, you know, when when Tom was asked, uh, hey, is TJ Watt, you know, gonna be able to play in his first week? He's like, listen, there's certain guys like Aaron Donald, like TJ Watt, who are the best players in football. And you line them up, they're gonna go make it happen. That's who TJ Watt is. So if TJ Watt is good to go, this is, is good to go by Saturday, just they feel that he's ready. They're going to put him in there. Now, make it Fitzpatrick, that's a different story. Mike Tomlin doesn't feel as confident about him getting out of the COVID protocols in time. They're going to be asking upon several different players to fill his role, whether it's seventh-round rookie uh, Trey Norwood at, at Oklahoma State, who they've really liked. He's been very disciplined in his play this year, but they're going to give him some help. They're going to have Miles Killebrew fill in a little bit. They're going to have Cameron Sutton drop back from cornerback to help at the safety position a little bit. There's going to be a team effort there to kind of make up, make up for what Minka Fitzpatrick has done for this defense more than just being a playmaker, but being the guy that keeps the lid on the on the defense so that offense offenses can't just take the top off. Well, I mean, one thing is very, very clear. This game is going to be physical. It's going to be fun to watch. And I am personally waiting to see what craziness is going to come out because it always happens. But that's going to wrap things up for this crossover Thursday episode. Uh, make sure and go follow my guy, Chris Carter, on Twitter at Carter Critiques. You can find me on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're always everywhere. We are free anywhere you can find us. We're on Odyssey. We're on Apple Music. We're on Google Play. We are everywhere. So please check us out for more on the Steelers and the Chargers. Go find our podcast. We are there. Check it out, and we will catch you next time. Take it easy.